I will praise you, Lord, amongst the nations. I will tell of your name to my kinsmen. Alleluia, alleluia. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show family. Got a great show for you. I'm, uh, I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you, yes, my friend? I'm reporting for duty. I'm blessed to be here to share the gospel every day with you on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today, we have an interesting show because <laughs> history was made recently out in Minnesota. And the reason it has is because it's a Democratic-controlled city. They're now going to be broadcasting. Are you ready? <laughs> Not the ball games. No. The Islamic call to prayer at all days. Uh, so that means, you know, we're talking early in the morning, late at night, you're going to hear wow. the call for prayer in America. So that's interesting. We'll talk more about that. Also, again, why these leftists promote porn to the children in America and the woke libraries? This is an interesting article there, too. And then, of course, we have the uh, church militant anchor is going to give us an update on what's happening in the news in the Catholic world. We have Brad, Brad Eli today. Brad, oh, I like Brad. Brad's a good man. I'm going to go to that. Brad will be on. Also, I just want to say you for your, we call it need to know file. Jesse, this blew me away because it ties into our show. The Gates funds, okay? Bill Gates, are you ready? He's, he's I mean, this is just funding millions of dollars to like help 10-year-old kids uh, under under 10 learn uh, that uh, you should be interested with people with diverse gender ideologies. And they're pending millions of dollars to try and persuade these young children to get used to that's just the way it is. So that's very sad. Also, Jesse, on the spiritual side, but also on the physical side, did you know that more kids now are getting weight loss surgery because what? of the obscenity, because of their being over overweight. So this has mm. never happened in our history of our country. We have a high percentage of children that are are being treated and they're getting aggressively treated by surgery to remove, you know, the fatty tissues that are in their bodies. What does that say about America, not just spiritually but physically? It does affect both. And then Jesse, I had one other uh one other story. As you know, um, Bishop Strickland's news is that that uh, Ignatius Press is going to be coming out with a new book on him. And it's interesting, Jesse, they took what we did on a show, Bishop Strickland's article on the German bishop's error and the true understanding of the development of doctrine. They took that and made a book out of it. And uh, so I'm glad because we're going to be coming out with a book on Bishop Strickland also with his the Bishop Strickland Hour. So that's the, your good-to-know file. How about you, That's Jeff? awesome. Yeah. yeah, Elon Musk, he tweeted out the following. He said, quote, and that's good that somebody of his influence tweets something like this. Yeah, what is it? Against the woke culture. He says, quote, any parent or yeah. doctor who sterilizes a child oh, before yeah. they are a consenting adult should go to prison for life. Amen. Elon Musk. Amen, amen, I say to him. That's yeah, insane. yeah, uh, it's good with somebody of his gravitas in the oh, culture yeah. Oh, yeah. makes a statement like that also there was an exclusive interview with riley Gaines. she said it's not kind to put a man in a woman's locker room and it's not inclusive to allow a man to take opportunities away from a woman yeah. close quote these were the words of riley Gaines, a retired 12-time all-american swimmer at the university of kentucky who sat down for an exclusive interview with Class Catholic Vote, but again, her her uh, her her chances uh, uh, to go further in her career were stopped by 
uh, having to to race against a male and she lost. Okay. Also, uh, the uh, t- two Catholics governors veto pro-life laws. This is disturbing. Yeah. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly on Friday vetoed a, a born alive bill protecting babies who survive botched abortion. She's another fake Catholic. Yep. Uh, this comes the week after Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs, another fake Catholic, vetoed a similar bill mandating doctors care for abortion survivors. Both Kansas and Arizona have Republican-led legislatures, but Democratic governors, both Governor Kelly and Governor Hobbs, claim to be Catholic. Also, uh, Brian Birch from Catholic Vote, yeah, he's a good man. The president of Catholic Vote, he's encouraging the bishops to speak out yes. about the ongoing scandal of federal law enforcement infiltrating and surveilling Catholic churches. Brian Birch pointed out that some Catholic leaders have spoken out, including Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York, yeah. but others have been strangely silent, and we can only only wonder why that is. Brian Birch urged the bishops to be more vocal. He said, quote, we need to hear from all our church leaders right now. And finally, uh, President Biden is confronted over missing children. A Tuesday hearing by the House Oversight and Accountability Committee subcommittee on national security, the border and foreign affairs focused on reports of the high number of of unaccompanied migrant children who have gone missing at the southern border. Several lawmakers raised concerns that the government agency had lost track of tens of thousands of children. That's not good, Terry. No, Jesse, I'm going to add one more. Dr. Carol M. Swain. I've seen her before. She's a black conservative. She says, I'm a black conservative. From Vanderbilt University. Exactly. You know who she is. She says, I'm heterosexual Christian. I do not get a free... Uh, out of jail card if I'm arrested for public protest. I cannot rule out false imprisonment because of my views. This vision of America is barely recognizable. Unless we change our course, we'll end up losing our country. I like bold statements like that from conservatives. You know, Jess, we need more of that. Yes, thanks. Right, be, th- thanks to that good doctor. She's uh, she's awesome. I like yeah, her. she's awesome, and she's she's fearless. She really is. Jess, let's get some soul food in our souls. Absolutely. By the way, the month of April is dedicated to the devotion to the Holy Eucharist Amen. and devotion to the Holy Spirit. And so we ask, say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Today's Holy Gospel, John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. Famous. The first verse that I'm going to quote here <laughs> is the most quoted Bible verse on planet Earth. It's exactly. this, this Bible verse has been translated into more languages. Yep. You'll see this Bible verse during sporting events. People will hold big signs and placards, hold them up over their head, John 3, 16. So here it goes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned. But whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the verdict that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil for everyone who does wicked things, hates the light. In other words, they hate Jesus and does not come 
towards the light so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A couple things I want to mention today's verse. For God so loved the world, that's talking about God the Father, that's the reference to the world, is every soul on planet Earth. We're not talking about the environment. We're not talking about the ecology. Uh, those are secondarily. Yeah, those are secondary. It's that it, God loves every soul, every rational soul that he created on planet Earth, that he sent his only begotten son. Who's the only son? The second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Only begotten means in Greek, monogonos, it means his unique only one of a kind that's what it means begotten it doesn't mean he generated like the mormons think that god copulated had intimacy with the virgin mary and had jesus that's mormonism that's not what the word begotten means it's not a biological term it's a ter- it's a relational term it means that uh, the son is of the same nature as the father that's what it means uh, it says, for God did not send his son into, world, to, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. In other words, without Jesus, the world already stands condemned, period. Yeah. We're already condemned because of original sin and actual sin. So every single human being, we're on death row. Every one of us has a ball and chain around our ankle. Yep. Every, one of ha- anyone of, every one of us has our day of execution, just like the serial killer Edward in the movie Nefarious. But Jesus came to take that ball and chain out. He came to open up the jail cells and set us free by his death on the cross. And here's a verse that it's not very popular when it comes to religious liberty and dialogue, (laughs) where it says, whoever believes in him will not be condemned, that whoever believes in Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It is very politically incorrect to tell Muslims, to tell Jews, and to tell pagans and Buddhists, you got to believe in Jesus to get to heaven. Guess what? Any chance that I have, that's exactly what I tell them. Um, Now, God is in in the business of saving, not not me, but I'm in the business of telling the truth. So the Bible says you've got to believe in the name of Jesus. I, Jess Romero, as as long as I have life and breath in my lungs, I will tell non-Catholics, non-Christians, that they must believe in the name of Jesus to get to heaven any opportunity that I get. Terry? And Jesse, I want to do Bishop Sheen right when we come back from the break. I want to add one more scripture verse to today. It's not part of the scripture of the Mass today, but what comes to my mind is 2 Timothy chapter uh, verse 3, 4, and 5, because this just sets the stage. It says, the Bible says, the time is sure to come when people will not accept sound teaching, but their ears will be itching for anything new, and they will collect themselves a whole series of teachers according to their own tastes. And then mm. they will shut their ears to what? The truth! And yes, that day has come. And, and We're here. Yeah, and that's why, Jesse, you and I and at Virgin Most Powerful Radio want to proclaim the truth, whether it's in season or out. Because remember this, and we say it all the time, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. When we come back, Bishop Sheen has Pope Pius XI with him. Wait till you hear what he has to say. Stay with us, family. We're back. I can't believe it, Jesse. I love when Bishop Sheen meets these holy uh, vigors of Christ who are just Mm. so bold in speaking the truth. Uh, There's a document that was published 
December 30th, 1930. I encourage every married couple to read this book, or this a document by the Holy Father called Casti Canubi. It's on mm-hmm. marriage. And here's what the Holy Father and Bishop Sheen were talking about, talking down in planet Earth here right now. This document says, those who hold the reins of government, Mr. Biden, pay attention, should not forget that it is the duty of the public authority by appropriate laws and sanctions to defend the lives of the innocent, and this all the more so since those whose lives are endangered, assailed, cannot defend themselves. Who's he talking about? He'll tell you. Among whom we must mention in the first place are infants hidden in their mother's womb. If the public magistrates not only do not defend them, but by their laws and ordinances betray them to death at the hands of doctors or others, here comes, Mr. Biden, let them remember that God is the judge and the avenger of the innocent blood which cries from earth to heaven. Wow. Is that pretty straight? I mean, I wish we had that kind of clarity right now. Mm. Sorry, Jess, I had to say that. All right. Yep, that's exactly what we need, Terry. Uh, more, more moral clarity really? and less ambiguity. Exactly, brother. All right, let's well, move on. Can you believe news. that there's a Democrat-controlled city? <laughs> they are now going to start broadcasting Islamic call to prayers. Is this microphone on? I can't believe that. Is this America or is this the Middle East? I wonder if Catholics would, I don't know, go to City Hall and say, can we do the uh, 6 a.m., 12 noon, 6 p.m. Yeah. Angelus, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, 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 every single day with a loudspeaker, ring the bells all over the city? I wonder what, this, I wonder what uh, Minneapolis would say. So oh, here's what, forget it. Yeah. Here's what the article says. Minneapolis became the first city, U.S. city this week, to publicly broadcast the Islamic call to prayer five times a day and will continue oh. all year long. How early can they start, Jesse? Wow. Because this is what blew me away. Well, how late can they ring those bells? Okay. Tell It'll, us. It, completing these this poll entitles <laughs> you to... Uh, no, okay. Uh, Democrat mayor. Yes. Democrat mayor. He signed the letter, yep. Jacob Frey signed a new city ordinance yep. Monday at Dar al-Hijra Mosque after a unanimous city council vote last week huh. amending the city's noise violation that limited the Islamic prayer. Now, the Muslim call to prayer, which is entirely in Arabic, will sound from mosques around the city as early as 3.30 a.m. Are you kidding me? And as late as 11 p.m. According to WCCO TV reports, <laughs> MPLS officially became Minneapolis officially became the first major U.S. city to allow all five Muslim daily prayer calls to be broadcast publicly. Uh, May, uh, Democrat Mayor Jacob Frey tweeted. See, I think he's proud of it. The mayor, he's probably he's, he's proud of this accomplishment. He says he said this quote. The mayor, the Democrat mayor said quote. This is a trailblazing win for our community. Wait a minute. How is it a win projecting Muslim prayers in public? How does anybody win doing that, Terry? Yeah, I, I, good question, Jess. Yeah, let's, let me finish the article. I want to mm-hmm. get your take. Sure. And it says, it says here, it says, Jelani Hussein, the executive director of the Minnesota chapter of the Council of American Islamic Relations, CARE, celebrated the ordinance 
here's what uh, the, the, the executive director said, quote, today is a historic day for our city, for our state, and also for our nation, said Hussein, Jalinas Hussein. Uh, she said, quote, I met a woman who was standing outside. She never believed that there would be a day that she would hear the call to prayer mm-hmm. and did not have to leave the country, the United States, to be able to do that. That and many stories like that have inspired us here all today. Terry, you got some I comments? have a lot to say on this one. <laughs> this care group, Islamic Relations, you know, American Islamic Relations, yeah. 25 years ago, Jesse, you and Tim Staples, you probably don't remember this, but you were giving the facts about Islam and the teachings of it in their Quran. Yes. And we got a letter from them condemning us, saying we are anti-Islamic, you're Islamic-phobic, you're all these. So they wrote to many Catholic radio stations and tried to get us off the air because of their influence. And unfortunately, Jesse, the the culture that we're in, they did take us off some of the Catholic stations because we were so clear on the teachings of Islam. So here's my point, Jesse. Can you imagine if you went to Saudi Arabia and you said, okay, we're going to pray the Angelus in Saudi Arabia. You know what they'd say? We're not a, a Christian country. No, no, it's not going to happen. So the, the point I'm pointing out here is we've become so pluralistic. I think that's the word we use. That, you know, we're like, who, what's it matter? Let, you know, we can have anybody except Christianity in our culture. That's the only group that can't play bells Anybody else can. So I just, I just, in my mind, it's hypocrisy, and it just shows again liberalism. And that particular city in Minneapolis, uh, they've done some really bad things. Okay, and that's just one of them. That's my take. Terry, you know, it's uh, years ago. Barack Obama, when he was the president of this country, I remember he said, he said, um, I'm going to quote him here. He said. That the Muslim call to prayer is the sweetest sound I know. He said that uh, t- as a, a, during his first presidential interview with Al Arabiya. Yeah. He said, quote, my job is to communicate to the American people that the Muslim world is filled with extraordinary people who simply want to live their lives and see their children live better lives. <laughs> Tell that. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, and and I'll tell you, Terry, you just mentioned the uh, the Care. organization Care, yeah. correct? Yeah, I did. That organization, Terry, they're they're basically the the propaganda arm here in the U.S. for for Islam. Yeah. A- Any time that you know there's some type of a terrorist attack, right away, Care will go to the airwaves, and they'll say immediately, they'll say, "Hey." Uh, you know, uh, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Don't don't be don't become Islamic phobic. In, in other words, care. I think it stands for uh, PR, baby. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. The it, this is basically the PR campaign exactly. for for Islamic terrorists around yep. the world. They're Islamic apologists. What they do, what care does, they run to the media, and they be they begin acting as victims of mean Islamophobes. And care, it's, it's nothing but Islamic apologist. What they do is they deny Islamic violence. They deflect. They obfuscate the facts that violence was committed in the name of Islam. 
and with the authority of a verse from the Quran. And so the Islamic spokesman from CARE, you'll find them always saying that we're the religion of peace when they're doing their public interviews. Uh, but let's not forget, in Islam, Muslims are allowed to, to lie to non-believers. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Islamic doctrine. Lying is known as taqiyah. And in Arabic, it's permitted for Muslims to lie so long as it advances the cause of Islam. So Muslims can say, you know, can, can lie to you without batting an eye. They could say that their religion is a religion of peace because they believe that, <laughs> you know, in the back of their mind, yeah, we're a religion of peace. When you kill your enemy, now you have peace. So essentially, they believe in peace through jihad. And uh, they also believe that once you kill an infidel, that's you and I, a non-Muslim, then you'll have peace. Uh, and uh, and by conquering the world for Allah, you'll have total peace in paradise. That's and, and Jesse, and then one more thing I have to say, and you've covered this over the decades. When Islam takes over a particular country, they need a certain percentage of Muslims to bring in the Sharia law and all the other issues that come. And it, it seems to me they always have this approach. They it, This is a pattern for them. When they first get their foot in, they try to tell people, oh, we're just peace-loving. But, you know, what has history shown for a thousand years, Jesse? Just the opposite. Am I right? Yeah, it, uh, it, because they have, they have a, a, a law yeah. in the Quran. It's a positive law which, which mandates them. They have this a mandate to take over the world. Uh, they, look, they look at every non-Muslim as, as the enemy. Uh, wow. there's, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a doctrine in, in Islam where they believe it's called Dar al-Harb and Dar al-Islam. So what does that mean? Uh, Islamic attitudes towards non-Muslims, they're determined by these two factors. It's jihad or holy war. Yeah. And, and that and and the and, and the concept of Dar al Harb and Dar al Islam. What does that mean? Islam teaches that the world is divided into two houses: the house of peace, which is which is uh, you know uh, Dar al Islam, and the house of war. That's you and I, Christians, yeah. Jews, pagans. That's called that's called Dar al Harb. So only the Muslims are within the first house. And so their goal is to make the second house, us, Dar al-Harb, we have to, they have to take over and they have to make us submit to Islam. Incredible. And this is why we're concerned about it. And, And again, Jesse, what I noticed about the liberal politicians, they have no conviction on anything. No. You know, they just, they, that what anything flows, there's, it's under this idea of liberalism as being, you know, you have your truth, I have my truth, we can all get along. And we found that what that what happens with well, there's a book called "The Sin of Liberalism" from Tan Books. But what we found that what happens is chaos comes from that every time. Yeah, Terry, the Muslims pray five times a day. Here's their prayer. Yeah. It, it, here's what they pray. They say to they pray to Allah. They pray, mm-hmm. "Quote, guide us to the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored, not of those who have incurred your wrath, mm-hmm. nor of those who have gone astray." So they pray that five times a day. Yeah. Who, do, who do they mean by those who have found your favor? They mean Islam, Muhammad and Islam. Who do they mean in their prayer? Us. Those who have incurred your wrath, the Jews, <laughs> exactly. 
and, and Christians of and those course. who have gone astray. So it's built into their prayer. Their, their prayer is, is actually, it's not communicate. It's not adoration of God. No. It's not worship no. of God. No. What it is, their prayer is a ritualistic exercise contrived to have them continually swallow the poison pill of the, of us being anti, you know, of be of being infidels and hatred and bigotry towards Jews and Christians. It's built into their prayer five times a day, so it's stamped into their mind. It, it, Jews are the ones that get God's wrath. Christians are the ones that get God's wrath, but we're the ones that gets God's favor. They have to repeat that five yeah. times a day. Well, to prove that, to look at how they started and how they evangelized. Over a thousand years, they've been doing this, so nothing's changed. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about why the leftists promote porn to children in America's woke library. Stay with us, family. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You know something? I'll tell you why the left is going after our children in libraries, because libraries are soft targets. Exactly. And they know that. Oh, yeah. The leftists promote porn to children in America's woke libraries. <laughs> that longtime leftist journal, The New Republic, published an article on the current controversy over pornography in children's books. It's a masterpiece of confusion. Yep. Its author, Melissa Jira Grant, must have little grasp of how the debate developed, for she's deliberately trying to sow irrational chaos in her wake. The title of the article is evocative. It says, conservatives are trying to ban books in your town. Can you? <laughs> Librarians are fighting back. I love that. The message is plain enough. One can argue about the nature of the ban, but the rest of the, is relatively straightforward. The actual confusion is contained in the subtitle, How a Right-Wing Mania is Destroying the Social Fabric of Communities Across America. Terry, the left is, is just, they're masters at, at verbal are. engineering. Yes, and they do it well. The leftist argument is simple. The first point is that libraries exist to educate and enlighten the public. Next, communities nationwide established and now maintain public libraries to encourage, encourage literacy and knowledge for any general for the general population. Right. Thus, these libraries constitute an essential part of the social fabric of our nation, and any attack upon them threatens the society. Terry, you want to take it over? Yeah, the library movement gained public support in the United States during the last two decades of the 19th century. Think about this. By the mid-20th century, virtually every community in the nation had some sort of public library. Jess, you and I grew up with that. We, we always went to the library to do our research. Mm -hmm. In rural areas, these might be simple rooms in the attic of a country courthouse. In large cities, massive and complex systems with highly trained staff developed. Library science became a course of study in universities nationwide. It soon became apparent that children had different needs than their elders. They required easy, easily read books with simpler storylines. Children often went to the public library to complete school assignments. I was I one remember, of those. I remember. Yep, exciting the children's imagination was essential. Continue, Jess. 
the children's librarian became a fixture mm-hmm. in such spaces. I would even say we had a lot of respect for them. Oh, yeah. When I was growing I, up. I'm with you, Jess. They often had specialized training. The hero of the New Republic's article is a children's librarian named Mary Graham Hunter, who works in Ferndale, Michigan, a home of Church Militant, by the way. Yep. She explains her career choice. She says this, quote, The reason I wanted to be a children's librarian, specifically, is because it is one of the few places where a child is treated as their own entity. And if I could just jump in, Jesse, I remember as a child that when you went into the library, you whispered, okay? Mm. There was more reverence in the public library than I had at my Catholic church. I don't know. I've just had to say (laughs) that, Jess. That was been my—I've always thought that was kind of odd that the library— was so reverent in there. And then we go to church. Hey, Bill, what time is the game? <laughs> Terry, libraries are like the Latin mass. <laughs> there you go. All right. But by using the word entity, which she seems to assert that children should have a separate existence outside that of other influences like the family, mm-hmm. such That's claims a- are confi- uh, confirmed in a subsequent paragraph where she explains that her children's room is a place where children are not treated like people with lesser amounts of rights. As the rest of the article makes very plain, the right is the ability to gain access to information that many consider pornographic. There it is, Jess. Yep. Well, this is where this article goes painfully wrong. Until recently, no one other than those who espouse the most extreme perversions argued that children had the right to explicit material on human sexuality. Right. Indeed, the overwhelming consensus was that children had the right to be protected from such material. One aspect of being a a child was the protection of one's innocence from such material. There you go. The American Library Association echoed the contrary view in a document called, quote, State of America's Libraries, close quote, published in April 2022. It contained this observation by the ALA president, Patricia Wong. She said, quote, libraries remain ready to do what we always have, make knowledge and ideas available so people are free to choose what to read, close quote. However, (laughs) libraries have never made such knowledge and ideas available without filters. Exactly. All libraries ban books if the word ban is interpreted as the refusal to put certain books on the shelves. Librarians have always made made choices. Some choices were made based on cost, interest, or lack of shelf space. However, there is, and always was, another criterion. Some books contain indecent ideas and images with no educational value. Exactly. That's pornography. Go ahead. Yeah, that's it. So a library might have a biography of Adolf Adolf Hitler, but was shown a book published by neo-Nazis. Of course. The same library might have a book about a famous murder case, but exclude a book with explicit directions on killing others and escaping detection. Likewise, the same library might have a whole shelf of books about human anatomy and physiology and yet exclude pornography. Mm -hmm. The need to make such decisions is the reason that librarians are hired. It does not take great ability to check out a book to a customer Putting books on the shelves in their proper places can be taught in any afternoon. The fundamental training librarians need need is to judge what books should be placed on the shelves. These insights are especially important 
in the children's rooms. Yes, e, but however, in the past decade or so, many librarians have come to see themselves as missionaries of the leftist social <laughs> justice. I'm laughing, but it's true, unfortunately. That's this, a good name. This, yeah, this attitude erodes public trust in the librarians' decisions, and the New Republic trivializes parents' legitimate concerns. It offers this brief history lesson. The Catholic cold warriors of Citizens for Decent Literature in the 1960s sought to spare young minds from the lure of pornography and seduction into communism. The 1970s era value families voted to save our children crusade to protect them from the lavender menace of gay and lesbian teachers recruiting in classrooms, posing a peril to the nation. Right-wing groups periodically... Are you talking about me? Reorganizing themselves as a new kind of concerned parent is not new. Now, just continue, please. Since the New Republics, which is a leftist uh, piece of literature, the the New Republics' usual contributors and readers are far to the left. The author says that parents feared these situations in decades past. The present concern... The fear of the parents of the 60s and 70s fear have come to pass. Pornography is rampant in today's oversex society. That's right. This process did not happen overnight. Indeed, the liberals themselves complain about increasing rates of sexual violence. Millions of pseudo-intellectual college and high school students were seduced by the lure of communist ideology. Teachers promoting the LGBTQ ideology now confuse thousands of students some to the point that they're willing to mutilate themselves indeed the question is not why are so many parents concerned the real wonder is why aren't more parents screaming for decency these librarians are the ones helping to destroy america's social fabric i'll tell you why more uh, parents are not screaming for decency jesse I'm going to point it at myself and at the Catholic Church. Yeah. I, mean, I mean that. We are not preaching this from the pulpits. You know what we're doing? If Vatican II called us to go out and evangelize the world. And you know what happened? The world evangelized us. Yeah, we're talking about global warming, yes. the environment, we the ecology. Into, we bought into all their issues, and we can't talk about Jesus Christ and his morality and the Ten Commandments because of political correctness. Fooey that. That's my yeah. take. Yeah, we've abandoned the social kingship of Christ. And this program, VMPR, we're all about the social kingship exactly. of Christ. Every and we reject we reject all the, the all the left's woke ideologies. Oh, the the you know, global warming, climate change, uh the ecology, the environment. Hey, I recycle not so you know what? I, I, I don't spit on the sidewalk, I, I throw gum inside the trash can. I do every. I don't throw trash right. outside my window when I'm driving. Right. I do everything I'm supposed to, but I'm not going to worship Mother Earth. I'm going to worship d- the God who is Father, Son, and Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Terry, I'll tell you something tell else me, that's Jeff. dangerous. Tell me. Dangerous about uh, these libraries. These yeah. libraries, they they're the ones, and these librarians, yeah. they're the ones that allow. They're they're allowing these drag queens to come in and to read to the children exactly. at these public libraries, and. Uh, and and many of these drag queens, uh, if when you look at their social media post, they're Satanist. Yeah. Why do I say that? If you look at a lot of social media posts of a lot of these drag queens, they have on their on their social media it'll uh, profiles it'll say "Hail Satan." 
Yeah, birds of a so, flocking together. Exactly. So you'll, a lot of these drag queens that go and read these, do these story hours, mm-hmm. their social media profiles are filled with satanic pornography as well. You made the connection, Jess. These guys are, these drag queens that go are invited by the librarians or who ask the librarians that they can read a book there and the librarians say, yeah, because they're complicit in this. These drag queens are sexual predators. Wow. And, 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 uh, and, and a lot of these drag queens, just go on the internet and take a look at some of the pictures of them. A lot of them are dressed like Satanists. Yeah. Why? Because they are Satanists. If it looks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. These drag queens dress like Satanists because they are Satanists, and now they've infiltrated our public school library system, Terry. Yeah, Jesse, uh, why don't you really tell me what you think? You just gave me the facts (laughs) on this, and it's so true. And I want to say, what kind of response can we have? Well, number one, yes, we pray, okay? Before we do anything, we always pray. But also we take some action. Get involved at your local uh, library and make your voice known. And this is what we need to do because what's happened is we've been too silent as Christians. Yeah, letting it on my watch? No, we got to stop that. Jess, when we come back, we got uh, Brad coming from Church Militant to talk about... Brad Eli. Brad Eli coming on with the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful. Yes, we're still too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, yeah, we'd be billionaires because our hope is in Jesus Christ. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We have our church militant segment. We're waiting for Brad Eli. He's here. He's here, uh, Jesse. Brad, welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Talk to us about the church news, yeah. politics, and the culture. What's going on, my friend? Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, we had Rome Dispatch go up today, new show we launched at uh, oh, Church Militant a week or two ago. Yeah. And today the story coming out of Rome was a Freemason, a Masonic, uh, divorced and remarried Anglican bishop. Yeah. Uh, was invited to Rome to have mass, to have mass, okay, you know, th- their mass, at the St. John Lateran's, which is the oh, yeah. cathedral mm. of the Pope, the Pope's cathedral church. Wow. Uh, it, most Catholics think that, you know, St. Peter's Basilica is the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it's not. It's St. John Lateran's, and right. this is where this Anglican bishop and his superior actually is a, uh, a female, uh, a woman bishop, in the Diocese of London, and so that the fact that, the, and they had a meeting today, uh, after Mass yesterday, they had a meeting today with Pope Francis, and, uh, you know, rolled out the red carpet there. So, a lot of this uh, papal confusion over the last 10 years, and are we really trying to uh, seek true, authentic ecumenism? You know, the verdict is still out there on regard to the mechanics of all this. Uh, what are we trying to accomplish here? With, uh, with, with, with doing all of this. So it's kind of like blurring the lines, if you will, uh, without a lot of clarity. It's kind of the same thing about in the last 50 years, taking all the fences down and hoping that non-Catholic sheep will wander into the fold when all we've seen was an, a mass exodus of our own sheep. So this is just another indication of that. And uh, the fact that he was remarried too, I mean, even in the Catholic Church, in the East at least, you can still be married prior to ordination. Yeah. 
But as, as 1 Timothy 3.2 says, you know, a bishop, even back in the day, had to be married only once. So once, if your wife dies or you're separated or whatever, there is no marrying while you're in holy orders, and that was always in the Catholic Church, East and West. So uh, the fact that this guy has, a, you know, a couple uh, strikes against him there with regard to that, and also being a Freemason, you know, he doesn't frequent the, the meetings right now, but he's never retracted or stepped away from that as well. So it's 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 not looking good no. uh, in the Vatican right now. Um, Brad, can I jump in just for a minute? Because we sure. had Father Charles Murr on yes. Virgin Most Powerful on Monday, and I'm sure you know about his book, A 33 Degree uh, Murder. It's about the Freemasonry infiltration into the church. Yeah. And in that interview on Monday, people, if you want to listen to it again, he points out the archbishop who was in charge of making all the decisions of who are going to be our next bishops around the world from 1970 to 1984 was, in fact, a Mason. And so we know we got infiltrated at that time. Pope Paul VI had requested uh, the bishop there to do an investigation. So, I mean, my point is, if we don't think there, there are Masons in the Catholic Church, then uh, I got land in Florida to sell to you because they are there. Yeah, yeah. and, well, and re- yeah. let's not forget, uh, gentlemen, that uh, I think it was uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe back in 1917. Well, he actually witnessed that's right. the Freemasons as they were at St. Peter's uh, the, the Basilica, Square. Yeah, right there. And they were processing with banners. That's right. And the banners that they were holding said that Satan will rule in the Vatican exactly. uh, in, in, in 100 years. And so this was a, th- this was one of the things that spawned St. Maximilian Kolbe to start the Knights of the Immaculata. Man, was right, he, which I'm a member he, of. At the, yeah, <laughs> Terry Barr's been a member for 40 years. Yeah. Is he saw the, the fact that the, the Freemasonry was seeking to destroy the Catholic faith. Amen. And, uh, and so and this also reminds me, what's the Masonic, the, 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 the Masonic adage? It's uh, salve et coagula, which, is, which means... You got to dissolve and coagulate, or it means something simpler. It means yeah. you got to break something down before you can build it up or build back better. That's what we see the Masons <laughs> are trying to do to the church. Exactly. Ever since we've been, uh, we ever since Maximilian Kolbe has, has sounded the alarm. Well, yeah, for Catholics out there who have a hard time with the word conspiracy, yeah, um, conspiracy theory is for them it's just uh, yellow journalism. I would dial them back into Genesis 3.15. There you go. I'm really of the opinion there is only one conspiracy. And, you know, Satan, uh, our Lord speaking, or God speaking to the serpent in 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 the garden there, and he said, you will lie in wait for her heel, she shall crush your head. And that... That war yeah. that's going on between followers of, of, of the Blessed Mother and Holy Mother Church and, and Jesus, uh, her offspring, versus those who are following Satan. And, and my goodness, if Freemasonry doesn't fit that bill, uh, and, and how many popes have spoken out against that, you know, in the last um, 300 years? <laughs> Everyone. Uh, so, yeah, it's real. Yeah, thanks, Brad. What else do you have going on, Matt, uh, Brad? <clears throat> The Tennessee bishops, three Tennessee, the three Tennessee bishops out there are pushing uh, red flag laws. Basically, they're 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 in the Democratic tank. We're talking about gun control. Yeah, they're saying that guns are dangerous to teens. Well, my goodness, they're they're missing the whole boat. You think? Number one of of all of the uh, accidental uh, death 
uh, there's a whole variety, and I mean fentanyl yeah. and, and others are just screaming up the, the ladder, right? In, in California, we lose 500 people a day on fentanyl. Go ahead. Oh, there, you, there, there you go. And so when they're coming after guns, it's just a, a, a small portion of that. And number two major death is suicide. Yep. And if that doesn't harken back to poor leaders, yeah. spiritual leaders in the family and in the church and in society as a whole, uh, I don't know what does. So uh, they're really missing the boat there. But the, the red flag laws are very dangerous. They're they're pushing them greatly in Michigan here also. Really? To uh, to say that if you are someone thinks that you are somehow dangerous to yourself or to someone else for whatever reason, the the law enforcement can come in and, and temporarily remove temporarily wow. remove yeah, right. your your guns and that's a crazy notion that anybody and their dog can accuse you of something and <laughs> you can be disarmed is this microphone on are we really talking about this i mean you, you know one, one of the fruits of the holy spirit <laughs> is is uh it's, it says it's self-control one of the fruits okay. of the holy spirit the problem in america is not gun control it's self-control self -control. if people were if, if people had uh, a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit through the life of prayer, faith, and the sacraments, we would have self-control. We wouldn't need these crazy gun control laws because it's not about guns. It's all about control, and control can only come through a relationship with God. Yeah, absolutely, and especially you know, in the news that we see uh, so many of these um, uh, crowds going crazy, beating up people, uh, and, and, and all this looting and everything going on, you know, the, the country's becoming unhinged because we've been too long without catechesis, without prayer, without yep. uh, male leadership in the church and in the home. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. becoming a very dangerous world out there. And if you're going to go ahead and just take all the uh, guns away from law-abiding citizens, I'm going to tell you that the only criminals, of course, have guns. Well said. Um, now, uh, the, the, Brett, the, let, me, let me also let me mention one more thing. I also don't don't trust our government entirely anymore. Can you imagine? Why should you? Yeah, if 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 these lawmakers, if the government wants to disarm disarm every single American, well, we know that history it's full of governments who first registered guns, then confiscated guns, then rounded them up, right. and then systematically they killed their, the troublemakers or the people that they deem troublemakers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right, and I would I would really encourage any of your viewers out there to go ahead and just Google just for five minutes yeah. those facts right there, oh, yeah. and you're going to have that verified in five minutes yep. on Google, the facts, exactly what you just said there. When, when the disarming happens, then the government turns on the, on the people, yep. and if they think they have to take away your guns, it's probably because they're going to do something which they think <laughs> they might get shot for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got? Our, our, our third story here is really a kind of a sad one, too, and it really brings back, you know, into these other stories. Basically, uh, a fake Catholic Dem uh, before Congress uh, yesterday couldn't define a woman, and he's sitting in there as the education secretary. Now, this is the guy in charge of education in the country, right? And, yes. And asked a simple question, what is a woman? Three times he refused. What's he, what was he doing there? before Congress was he's actually pushing for uh, an expansion of this Title IX, a redefinition in the Title IX that says we are going to expand the uh, so-called rights for transgender women, which actually, as we know, is really taking away from the authentic rights of biological women yeah. in uh, all sorts of various sports and the privacy of bathrooms and all over the place. So 
and then he's asked three times, you know, right there, can you define a woman? Of course, they can't. Well, they prescind from that. So that would shoot down their whole uh, reason for being there. So anyway, yeah, it's a scary thing out there. This is just another example. You know, if you took away all of the, seriously, if you took away all the bad Catholics, all of the bad Catholics in government oh, yeah. over the last 50 years, we would be very well off as I a country. I agree. Well said. I never heard it that way, but Brad, you nailed it. Hey, I want to thank you for coming on today. We love the dialogue with you, Brad, and Church Militant. Tell us how people can uh, t t tune into the uh, shows that are coming. Yeah, what's Brad? new on Church Militant? What's new? Well, there you can come to the site directly. Uh, at some, you know, there, we also have a, a Church Militant YouTube channel. Go to uh, YouTube and type Church Militant. You get our channel, all the videos there. Uh, we're actually screaming up the charts with regard to uh, subscriptions and that, just uh, exponential rate right in the last few weeks there, really really a hike. Also, just uh, churchmilton.com, come to our site, because at some point in time, you know, we're going to be canceled from social media like everybody that's trying to yeah. speak the truth out there, and sooner or later, you will just have to come to churchmilton.com to get all the, the, all the content. So Right. Well, Brad, thanks again for joining us. Brad, I know... Um, we have a question that we asked Jess Romero, and I bet you you know the answer. At every end of every show, we have two things we talk about. And I asked Jesse this. I said, Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of sanctifying grace, my friend. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Become holy or die trying. Flee this corrupt generation. Pray your rosaries every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Yep. And, uh, and speak the truth in charity. And you wonder why, Brad, we have something in common with Church Militant? What Jesse just said is your marching papers. Am I right? Absolutely, guys. I'm, and we're privileged to be part of your uh, rubbing digital shoulders with you guys. Uh, it's, right, it's mutual, <laughs> like brother. And rubbing then, digital shoulders. Yeah, and brother, I'll say one more thing about Our Lady of Fatima. She said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. I know at Church Millicent, I've been to your, your chapel. I've been to the facility. Penance is part of working at Church Militant, and it's part of what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So remember, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. But we all need to be working for the salvation of souls. The church's canon law says at the end, one thing, if this, basically I'll summarize it, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls are not saved, nothing is saved. That's what our mission here and we're working with Church Militant and others who will say that same mission, that is, to help save souls to get to heaven. May God richly bless all of you who are listening. Uh, we now have the Bishop Strickland Hour coming on. We want you to listen to that and much, much more here on Virgin. Oh, sorry, that's, it's Wednesday. Matthew Arnold Hour. Sorry, Bishop Strickland was yesterday. Hey, can you tell who's running this show? It's me. God love you all. Keep going.